Amen. So, my privilege today is to talk about the glorious church. Um, this is a, a venue preach, so what that means is that Hastings have got the half marathon today, so they are all standing out in the freezing cold and um, watching any runners who are brave enough to have uh, gone through, um, whereas we actually get to, um, to choose what we talk about today. And I felt that talking about the topic of the glorious church was particularly relevant for us uh, here in Bex Hill as we um, build together Many of you know we started just uh, a few weeks ago on the 21st of January and slowly God is building us together as a congregation, moving amongst us. And I suppose what I really want us to do is to just help us to think together about what church really is. It's not just that sort of Sunday meeting we, we come to, you'll know. It's not the building, we don't have one of those, not the denomination, not the group of churches we belong to. It's not another club. I sort of I like going out on my bike and I belong to a cycling club and cars and I've got this car club. You know, it's not just another club that fills another day of the week. No, this is something much more glorious, something much higher. Ephesians chapter 3 and verse 10 says, Through the church, the manifold wisdom of God might now be made known to the rulers and authorities in the heavenly places. And that's what we're doing. As we build church together here, we are declaring the manifold wisdom of God to the rulers and authorities in the heavenly places and to Bexhill as well. We're making a declaration of God's wisdom. As we've started, I say, 21st, is that seven weeks ago? I, ca I can't quite work it out. I haven't really counted. Something like that. But I just think it's... Um, so relevant to us. Already we feel very encouraged on every front. Even as I, I kind of look around, I can see the faces of people who have been added to us, people who've said, yes, no, actually we really like what we're seeing here. We can feel God drawing us to you and have come and joined us and, uh, and sort of put their stake in the ground. People who have already stepped onto our rotors, rolled up their sleeves. And uh, I love it. And I look across and I can think of people who've been with us for, for many years and then people who've only really been with us a few months. And, you know, everybody's working side by side to actually build the venue here. I love it that uh, people have been stepping up into new roles that perhaps they hadn't done before. You know, we've now got our kind of two worship bands uh, here and actually the people in those bands, they've not actually been leading worship for very long. And it's great that actually people have been prepared to step up and to actually say, no, I can see what you're doing. I really want to be part of this here. It's great too that uh, the connect groups are thriving. I'm so grateful that we've got uh, five um, great, uh, well, I'm one of them, I better be careful, four great connect group leaders and we try our best as well. Um, but we've got five great connect, connect groups going uh, across the town with really regular attendance, just doing life together. And uh, one or two of us were out sort of walking in the snow yesterday and uh, coming back for tea together. And uh, it's just great. Not only just to be meeting together, but actually to be starting to do life together. 
so grateful for you know the people who've embraced change you know the the church kings has had a community group here in Bexhill for a number of years now but as we sort of started moving into the venue it's meant a lot of people just changing roles starting to do things differently but again it's uh, it's great I've never felt there's been any resistance in that that actually no we're embracing change we're moving forward into all God has done to, for, is going to do for us feels a bit like pioneering, uh, pulling the trailer in. Most of, Well, some of you will know, actually. If you're here at half past nine, we arrive at this sort of big trailer at the start of the day, and it takes me back. I know King's in Hastings. Um, well, way back, I used to be pulling the trailer there, and you sort of feel, yes, now we're pioneering again as we kind of come in and set up, and um, sometimes, yeah, we don't have the heating quite right, or something else is a bit sort of skewy. But uh, just that sense of pioneering and building church together, it's uh, so encouraging. And even when we meet now, I just love just our gathered times, just uh, being led so sensitively in worship, just that sense of God with us, God speaking to us. And uh, just words, you know, let's think about it. You know, the words that Bonnie's bringing today, actually that's God just speaking out to us, you know? And I just, I don't know, I, I should know better, but I just sometimes need to just step back and take a breath and to think, actually, God looks down on what we're doing. He sees those people feeling sad, and he has a direct word for them. And uh, we're so grateful, so grateful for the way that God just comes and moves amongst us, touches uh, one or two, um, and just speaks into our lives. Clearly there's more we want to see happening, particularly, obviously we want to pray that we will see salvations in the town as uh, God just reaches out with the gospel into new areas. Uh, we don't want to rush, we just have to leave God to do that in his own time. But we want to pray, we want to labor, we want to look for all that God is going to do for us in that, that, those areas. I guess, like me, we all come with our different church experiences, don't we? I've been part of Kings now for something like 30 years. Uh, my wife keeps score on these things, but uh, it's about 30 years, I think, that we've been there. And we love Kings Church. We love the balance of word and spirit, the emphasis on, on grace that we have there. And now I'm part of the leadership. We're really seeking to maintain and walk on uh, in those same values that uh, we've carried as a church for many years. And we want to see that characterizing us as we build further. For us, we've uh, had the privilege of, through my job, just living overseas for uh, a few years here and there. And um, so we were in the Caribbean, part of a, a Baptist church there um, for, for a few years, two or three years. I think that was two and a half years. And uh, it was quite a different experience for us. But uh, it was the kind of church closest to what we recognized and we became a part of them. Before we were in Kings, we were in uh, quite a lively Anglican church out in Northiam, just to the north of Hastings, and uh, there was an excellent spirit-filled vicar there at the time, and um, busy kind of converting to himself a, a congregation into that uh, place, which was not without its uh, ups and downs, but it was great to be uh, working with him in that area. We came back to Sussex, or yeah, 35 something years ago, and uh, I was in. We were in a Baptist church uh, before that. I think I was on the diaconate. And we were working with the, the youth, and uh, it was a fairly conservative church. And uh, I remember as we were working with the youth, we had this particularly difficult young guy came in, and uh, 
It was a hot summer's day. Came in, uh, sat about two rows from the back, and took his shirt off. You know, and uh, you know, I don't know whether we handled it right, but it was quite difficult for the church at that time to uh, to kind of cope with what God was doing amongst the youth. So we kind of all come, don't we, with our different church experiences. That's really what I was uh, getting to in telling you some of those stories. But our call, we believe here, is to build a church according to New Testament principles, a church that's relevant to people's everyday lives now, a church that embraces the generations. I'm so glad already I just see Lindsay with a baby, but, you know, it's so great that we've got already babies amongst us, you know, new life springing up. You know, we look to people to join us, but it's great when we see uh, just new life coming in the church. We come here as we get build together. We want it to be a place where God meets us, where God is present with us. And maybe that's my, my first point today, really, that I believe that church is a place where God dwells. Ephesians chapter 2 and verses 21 and 22 says, in whom, and that's Jesus, the whole structure being joined together grows into a holy temple in the Lord. In him, you also are being built together into a dwelling place for God by the Spirit. A dwelling place for God. 2 Corinthians 6 says, we are the temple of the living God. And we know from uh, 1 Corinthians that actually our individual bodies are the temples of the Holy Spirit. But also that we know as we come together, there is a sense in which too God comes and dwells amongst us. You know that verse, don't you? Two or three are gathered in my name. There I am among them. It's an amazing truth, isn't it? This isn't just a casual meeting, as we said earlier, not like the cycle club or whatever else. No, this is a place where God comes to be present with us, to speak to us, to bring comfort, to reassure us, revealing himself, manifesting his presence, even today, just bringing those words of comfort and strength to people who are broken and suffering. It's a place where God dwells by his spirit. Roman 8 says, the Spirit himself bears witness with our spirit that we are children of God. And that's a verse that I particularly have felt so relevant to myself. I sort of grew up in quite a, um, a, conf a s s what shall I call it, um, a, a, a background where kind of emotions weren't really something you talked about very much. You know, you believe the truth and the truth will set you free. And of course that is true. Uh, but also the Bible tells us actually that God's spirit witnesses with our spirit that we are children of God and coming to know what it means to know God speaking to me, assuring me of his love and his care for me is something that really enriches my life and actually that happens when I'm on my own but it also happens when we come together, when we know the presence of the Holy Spirit moving amongst us, talking to us pointing us to Jesus. It's as we lift Jesus high that the Spirit helps us, that he helps us to focus on Jesus, to magnify and lift up his name. He helps us to worship, one of our highest callings. And again, worship is something we can do on our own. It's great when we are on our own, in a secret place, if you like, worshipping God. But new dimensions are added when we gather as the church together to worship to him. 
Psalm 22 says, God is enthroned on the praises of Israel and God is raised up as we praise him together. I like it that one of the pictures of the church is of the body of Christ. The body of Christ. He is the head of the body, the church. And the church is joined to its glorious head, Jesus. It's not just a place where we connect with each other. But actually, this is a place where as we gather together, we connect with the Lord Jesus Christ. This is the place where spiritual gifts can operate. Those diverse and different gifts that the Bible tells us about. This is the opportunity where we can minister to each other. And what does the Bible tell us? It tells us to um, strive to excel in those gifts that build up the body of Christ. As we're gathered as the church, we have the opportunity for spiritual gifts to operate. We see how it worked in the Bible, don't we? In Acts chapter 2 and verse 1, it says, As they were gathered together in one place, the Holy Spirit came upon them and filled them. Yes, it happens when we're on our own as well. But also, as they gathered together, the Holy Spirit came and filled them. Acts chapter 4, they gathered together and had been praying when the place where they were gathered started to shake and the Holy Spirit came and filled them. There are times when the Holy Spirit is gathered, when the, when the church is gathered, when the Holy Spirit comes in power. Lord, do it in our day, in our day. Lord, do it in our place here as we gather. The church also is part of showing God to the world. That verse I read earlier, through the church, the manifold wisdom of God might now be made known to the rulers and authorities in the heavenly places. And as we come together with our differences, our diversity, our imperfections, actually the manifold wisdom of God is revealed. Rich and poor, educated, not so educated, cultured and not so cultured. As we come together, as we are built together into that body of Christ, so the God wisdom of God is revealed. There's nothing else like it. It's very different to the other clubs that you might belong to. And people see we're different the way we relate to each other, by the way we love one another. That gritsy, gutsy reality of love that actually chooses to love. Even those that puts alongside us that uh, maybe we wouldn't normally love. When we bear one another's burdens through the choice maybe of unlikely people God uses those who are not wise or powerful or of noble birth he chooses the weak and the foolish the low and the despised and he exalts them that's the wisdom of God on display we shall go to the work well don't we as we pray and work for God's kingdom to come to this messed up fallen world that we lived in we talked about just even the tragedies of this weekend happening so close to us we do live in a broken world and part of what we do is actually we declare God's kingdom to come in that broken and messed up world it comes as happens as people come in amongst us but it also happens as we go out and we take the gospel into the town around us Jesus in Luke 4 said he had come to proclaim good news to the poor 
liberty to the captives, recovery of sight to the blind, and liberty for the oppressed. And we, as the body of Christ, are similarly called to show God's heart for the poor and oppressed. As we call for social justice in this world, as we work for it with our programs. And it's a key part of who we are to show the wisdom of God to Bexhill in that way. Showing God to the world is actually the whole reason that we're actually starting the venue here in Bexhill. Because actually we know it's much easier for people from Bexhill to access a venue here rather than to drive up the link road and go up to the ridge, although it's easier than it was. It's still quite a cultural shift. So actually, what we pray is that actually it's be easier. Your friends from Pebsham, from Sidley, from those different areas across Bexhill, actually we want to invite them in. As they come in and be amongst us, they will see, surely God is in this place. We'll be deliberate in reaching out and showing them God. We expect to be running alphas here in Bexhill. And I know Jeff's already working on his men's breakfast and uh, already seeing a number of guys coming in where they can ask their questions, where they can have some of those uh, addressed. In baptisms will be taking place in Hastings next week as part of the 10 o'clock meeting there. My heart and my prayer is that very soon we'll be seeing baptisms here in Bexhill. Whether it's down on the beach, probably not today, or in the swimming pool, wherever it is, Lord, we say, please give us the harvest. I was so encouraged when we had Angela Kem with us the other day, and uh, she talked about that verse from John chapter 4 and verse 38, which talks about reaping what others have labored for. And in a sense, you know, we know there have been people working faithfully here in Bexhill for many, many years. But somehow God at the moment seems to be saying to us, no, this is your time to, uh, to build church here in Bexhill. And part of, I think, the early fruit that, we'll give, that God will give us is as we reap what others have faithfully sown uh, over the years. And finally, the church is a place where disciples are built up. Ephesians 4, Ian said, oh, I'm going to read from Ephesians 4. Is that okay? And actually, it's the same verse as I have here. He gave the apostles, the prophets, the evangelists, the shepherds and teachers to equip the saints for the work of ministry, for building up the body of Christ. The church is the place where these gifts operate, where we are built up as they come and speak to us. It's here as we hear the word of truth imparted to us that we are changed, that strongholds are broken, that we start to know afresh who we are in Christ. Paul, when he was talking to the Corinthians in 1 Corinthians 3, said, I fed you with milk, not solid food, for you were not ready for it. Church is the place where teachers operate, where food is given, and where we're helped to mature and grow. It's where the gifts operate, as we talked about earlier. When each part is working properly, those gifts make the body grow so that it then builds itself up in love. Actually, it's a place where service happens. Many of you are already 
part of those uh, dreadful rotors, oh, sorry Andrew, uh, those rotors that um, we've already put in place to help us run so efficiently and they work so well and I'm so grateful for them and Andrew does it all and did all it up. Um, but no, actually those areas of service, it's interesting in Acts chapter 6 and verse 3 where it talks about they appointed distributions for the food distribution. It's a sort of trivial task in a way, but it's amazing that as they did this, Acts 6 and verse 7 says, and the word of God continued to increase and the number of disciples multiplied greatly in Jerusalem. It's important that we're organized, that we have our kind of ways of doing things, that people have their tasks, but actually that's what helps the word of God to increase and the number of disciples to be multiplied. Lord, here in Bexhill. I say imperfect, broken, weak people coming together. That's part of the point. But of course, it's not that we stay in that place. It's here that we're healed, we're restored, we're built up. It's where grievances are resolved. And I'm grateful that the Bible gives us procedures on how to work through to sort those things out that occur between us. Where we're family for one another. When one suffers, like dear Pam, we can pray and support her, even as she goes through these difficult things. It's just amazing to me, I think, how God has brought people to join with us. And I feel so encouraged when I hear stories of people saying, well, actually, yeah, just worshipping with you last week has actually changed my whole week. That's what we want, isn't it? We want people to be equipped and helped to live out their daily Christian walk, day by day, minute by minute. And it's as we do that, as we live together, as we build each other up, there will be a sense of moving deeper into all God has for us. As leaders, we take very seriously that verse in Colossians, which says, Him we proclaim, warning everyone and teaching everyone with all wisdom, that we may present everyone mature in Christ. It's a leadership responsibility and uh, one that we take very seriously and it's our heart for each of us that we may each be built up and come to maturity in Christ. Let me just paint you that bigger picture of the glorious church. Looking at a few verses from Revelation that talk about that time when the church is finally seen as the bride of Christ. Revelation 21 says, Then I saw a new heaven and a new earth. For the first heaven and the first earth had passed away, and the sea was no more. And I saw the holy city, the new Jerusalem, coming down to, out of heaven from God, prepared as a bride adorned for her husband. And I heard a loud voice from the throne saying, Behold, the dwelling place of God is with man. He will dwell with them, and they will be his people. And God himself will be with them as their God. He will wipe away every tear from their eyes, and death shall be shut no more. Neither shall there be mourning, nor crying, nor pain any more. For the former things have passed away. So is the church prepared as a bride adorned for her husband. And then later in that chapter of Revelation, then came one of the seven angels who had the seven bowls full of the seven last plagues and spoke to me saying, Come, I will show you the bride, the wife of the Lamb.
And he carried me away in the spirit to a great high mountain and showed me the holy city, Jerusalem, coming down out of heaven from God, having the glory of God. It's radiant, like a radiance, like a most rare jewel, like a jasper, clear as crystal. Do you get that vision? That is the glorious church. That is how God knows, God sees us. The Bible tells us that when Jesus appears, we will be like him, transformed into his image. How amazing to think of a church made up of people transformed in that way. There's those verses in Ephesians that we often apply to marriages when it talks about husbands, love your wife. But it says, do it as Christ loved the church and gave himself up for her. Why did he do that? that he might sanctify her, having cleansed her by the washing of water with the word, so that he might present the church to himself in splendor, without spot or wrinkle or any such thing, that she might be holy and without blemish. That's God's plan for us as the church, without spot or wrinkle or any such thing, that she might be holy and without blemish, the place where God dwells. It's a high calling, and so I'm so glad that actually it's God who builds the church, leadership, and us together, we will do our very best. But actually, in Matthew chapter 16, and verse 18, Jesus says, I will build my church, and the gates of hell shall not prevail against it. Actually, it's God's responsibility to build the church. We work with all the energy, with all the gifts that we have, but ultimately it's God who gives the increase. He's the one who causes the church to grow and to prosper. He's the one who nourishes and cherishes it. We have our responsibilities. Hebrews 10 says, don't neglect meeting together, as is the habit of some. Why not? Because we wanted to cover, come together to encourage one another. And all the more, as we see the day drawing near. So let's strive to excel in those gifts that build up the church. Recognizing, too, that it is a battle, that we need to put on that armor that Ephesians 6 presents to us, recognizing that John Groves was one of the leaders of the church who used to say, actually, it's not like a battle. It is a battle. There is a battle on, but actually, victory is certain. God will build his church here in this place. And we're so encouraged with all that we see him doing amongst us. And we say, let's give ourselves afresh to actually all that God would want to do with us as a church here in Bexhill. So how do we respond to this? I think just a couple of thoughts, really. Just to recognize perhaps that it's easy because of our experiences, because of the failings of man, that we can slip into a view of the church that is too low. We need to pray for God to renew our vision of his glorious church. We need to take captive every thought that comes against that. Every thought that would pull it down to something less than God aspires for the church to be. 
We need to commit ourselves afresh to play our part in building his church. Why don't you ask God to thrill your heart afresh with a new vision of his glorious church and as he, fill, as he takes your heart, as he thrills you in that way, then we take action, we resolve to, to step into all that God would have for us. Father, I thank you for all you are doing in Bexhill, Lord God. Lord, I thank you for every encouragement. I thank you for every person who has been with us, Lord God, and has been built up and strengthened through this, through your work here, Lord God. And as we look to the future, as we look to all that you will take us into, we say, won't you build your church in this place, Lord Jesus. Lord, we know that your gospel is the only answer to this needy town. And Lord, we say, help us as we lift Jesus higher. We know that your word says, as we lift Jesus higher, he, draw, he will draw all men unto him. And Lord, I pray as we take our place alongside our other churches here in the town, together, Lord Jesus, may your name be lifted higher. And Lord, I pray, I pray that right across this town we will see uh, that fruit that we so long for, Lord God. Lord, of men and women, finding you for themselves, Lord, finding salvation in you. Lord, I pray, I pray for this town, Lord God. Lord, that our witness here will be strong. Lord, that we will show you to this town, Lord God. Lord, and that we, as your disciples, will be built up. Lord, as you develop, as you build your church here in this place. Lord, we ask it in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. So I wondered how we would respond, but I thought it might be nice just to uh, break bread together to remember uh, around that feast that the Lord Jesus has set for us, the body of Jesus broken for us, broken for us, his church, his blood that uh, washes us clean from every sin. And uh, so we're going to do that now. Um, if you're not a Christian, if uh, you don't know what it is to follow Jesus personally, Actually, coming to the bread and wine can be a time when you say, actually, no, Jesus, I know enough. I want you to take away the penalty for my sins. I want to follow you. And you can do that even as you take the bread and wine. But if you're, you're not ready for that, then we would just encourage you not to, to partake. But if you're visiting with us, if you're a follower of Jesus, you're absolutely welcome, please, to come and to share uh, the bread and the wine with us.